up, y'all? We are your hosts, Mike and Emily. We chat about all things Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and how this martial art have influenced practitioners of all ages and backgrounds, from mindset to challenges in life. Welcome to Jit Chat. Would you say jiu-jitsu is like pretty much your life? Yeah, like yes, compared to most people. Yeah, compared to people like me, it's, it's not my entire life, but it, it does feel pretty consuming. It like does, when I yeah. go to bed, before bed, I'm actually thinking about moves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I used to be exactly the same. I still am. If I have a good match, like, and uh, I couldn't quite get the points or my moves wouldn't work, yeah, I'm still left thinking about it. Yeah, that night, the next day, right? whatever, yeah. It reminds me of the time consuming. when I first started pole. When I first started pole, all I could think about when I'm driving or when I'm getting ready for bed or just laying in bed trying to get to sleep, mm. I'm just thinking about pole moves and choreography and music and yeah. <laughs> anything related to pole. Oh, that's probably why you've done it for so long and not to mention how you've got good at it, right? I think that's how you get good at anything. You know, interest has to be there, right? So embrace Consuming. the current obsession with thinking about arm bars and... Yeah, <laughs> rubber <yeah>. cards <laughs> Dean Listener said he used to have uh, dreams where he's just triangling just like find himself in bed like doing triangles oh my gosh watching TV and he's like footlocking himself hopefully his sleeping partner didn't experience any of that sleeping partner that's a new one but I guess yeah, like why we started uh, Jit Chat is like out of your interest people talking about Jiu Jitsu in KL to be honest with you especially podcasts and stuff like that talk about the scene here how it's growing where it was when I came about five years ago, it's changed a lot. So I think there's definitely yeah, a that's lot something to talk I'm about. I'm actually curious about um, because you have grown up in London and done jiu-jitsu there, but also not just in London. You've traveled competing and running seminars and stuff and having established yourself in KL, in KL Malaysia for like five years now. So what are some things that you could share with us? How the scene is like globally and locally. I actually came in 2013, so a little before five years ago. And I stayed for, I was teaching at a boxing gym in Meluati. There wasn't much growth there for jiu-jitsu, I think. So I went back and then about a year and a half later, I was offered to come back to KL and, and start up a studio in Subang. SS15. So from there, I'd say it's been about five years consistently staying. It's changed a lot. It's, it's grown quite rapidly. How would you describe the change since you got here in 2013 and now we're in 2020? Wow, 2020, yeah. It's probably <laughs> seven years. Uh, well, seven years, I guess, in hindsight, isn't fast, but it has, jiu-jitsu definitely has grown. Yep. There's a lot of uh, young, good talent coming out of KL now, like Adam and a lot of other blue, purple belts. I think they'll do very well on the international scene in the future. Adam as in the IG handle, Adam Jiu-Jitsu? Yeah, that kid. He's very that good. That kid. <laughs> yeah, I know that kid. <laughs> you know that kid, yeah. I do remember like two years ago when I first came to, to AOS. Yeah, yeah, he's Adam doing well. Adam was like the regular lunchtime crowd or morning mm, crowd. Mm, mm, yeah, I good. miss those morning classes. Hopefully, let's get those morning classes back. Yeah, yeah, with Sifu as well. Well, maybe not the morning classes, but more the lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-lunch classes. Yep, pre-lunch classes. Yeah, those were the days. But yeah, like people like Adam that you, you met since then, he's mm. won 
quite a few major titles, I think, or medal at, at some major events like the Asian Open and stuff. So there's a lot of potential. Right. So you gauge up. growth of a sport based on like competition exposure, or do you base it more on how many people are talking about it, or how many gyms have kind of opened up? In the last seven years? Both, yeah. So so a lot more gyms have opened up. A lot more black belts have started to come over and uh, make KL their home, whether it's been temporary or for the long term. Competition is definitely a way to gauge the growth of a sport because obviously for them to do well in international competition, they'd have to have a high level of training partners here or at least the means to to be able to train, to keep up with the best around the world, right? So that's definitely, I think, a good way to gauge. But obviously, it's not all about competition. There are definitely uh, the people who do it for recreational, not for competition, who do it as an outlet, who do it for fitness, who do it for the social aspect. We're seeing a lot more movies where a female lead is like, you know, a badass in there. And if you watch some of the fight scenes and fight choreography, there are a lot of like jujitsu, judo, those type of moves in yep, it, yep. right? Yeah, I mean, look at John Wick. So that's all pretty much like a lot of jujitsu and judo and yeah. wrestling and samba. Black and Widow. <laughs> Black <laughs> Widow too, yeah. I think it's only going to get bigger. Yeah, that really drives time. excitement, right? When, when people hear like locally. Mm. For example, local competitions. I don't know how many competitions there are really in Malaysia, but I think in the last year or so, I've seen more news about local competitions but i guess regardless of the reasons on why people do jiu-jitsu more recently we discovered there is quite a demand for women's only jiu-jitsu right so i started martial arts purely because i was traveling a lot solo traveling female should generally have have these tools 100 percent. if yep. and when needed hopefully not needed but i'd rather have it if and when i need yeah it. for sure you'd rather have it and not need it than uh need it and not have it yeah 100 not just yeah. for women i think anybody in general it'll definitely help their um confidence help them feel a bit safer even like mentally just like release a lot of stress and tension i think jiu-jitsu is great for everybody in in different levels you know mm. what i mean for me it also helps develop a uh, critical thinking ability so sometimes your natural instinct might be to turn away but in in certain situations you might need to turn and face mm. face mm. face your opponent you know right, what i mean right. where it might not feel so natural yeah. so those kind of uh unnatural reactions need to be developed mm. you know? like certain striking drills like natural reaction is to move back but that allows your opponent to have a lot more room to reach you as opposed to closing that distance and all of a sudden the punch won't land mm. if mm. it even lands it, but it won't land as hard and it allows you to come in with like a different elbow strike or something well a perfect example of that is mike tyson wasn't he getting close so that the bigger guys wouldn't be able to use their reach advantage mm. to because i realize like i'm much smaller than most people yeah and you have your advantages right mm, the mm. advantage of using leverage and i don't know what else smaller <laughs> thighs pole thighs oh well, yeah pole thighs. i think your pole helps you a lot more than just the <laughs> average yeah, small people woman, don't you realize know? it right <laughs> whenever like any of my pole friends try jiu-jitsu i'm like you know how hard you gotta clamp onto the pole with your legs because if you don't you will fall and hit your head <laughs> same thing applies here <laughs> Well, except the other guy is probably dying if you're squeezing them, right? <laughs> Just getting choked up. Yeah, this is where we got to love our thighs. You know, all these women talking about thick thighs. Yeah, thick thighs save lives. All those triangles. Yeah. So why did you um, get into jiu-jitsu? Well, initially I got into jiu-jitsu. It was kind of like a, a transition, right? I started martial arts 
in 2004 at the local gym here. Mm. But that was capoeira. That was the Brazilian, the other Brazilian martial arts. <laughs> right. the, the more common one, the more recognized one. <laughs> but the one that I had learned from Tekken, you know, <laughs> like, like when you pick Eddie, you're like, yeah. oh my God, this dude is so cool. What is he doing? So you start looking it up and you start to learn like, oh, he's doing capoeira. That's oh, why. that's why you, that's how you found out. I mean, that's capoeira. how I got to learn about what capoeira is. Ah, I see. Right? Video I see. games is, yeah. Video it, games is educational Yeah, people. right. And then uh, I went on to Muay Thai and boxing, and eventually I was inspired by my brother. He started MMA oh, okay. uh, in KL, and mm. I went to that same gym. And it was only through MMA that I got kind of like close contact experience. Yeah, speaking of women, I think the hard thing for them and picking up jiu-jitsu is probably the close contact, especially in Asia, certain Asian countries where they might be a bit more uh, reluctant to get so intimate with... No, oh, you're absolutely men, right. I, I mean, initially when I first started, it was all it was all no-gi grappling, right? So it wasn't like we were in kimonos. Yeah. And I do remember thinking like, oh, I am drenched in someone else's sweat right now. It is not comfortable. But there are times, there are times when uh, <laughs> it can be quite uncomfortable, for sure. Yeah, but I mean, I got over that pretty soon because I guess results are addictive, right? Mm, like once mm, I get mm, into mm. it and I start to realize, wow, I'm not, I'm doing this not because the other person's letting me win or letting me get a certain position. Mm. It's purely because I was able to learn and drill and memorize and apply it. Yes, exactly. That's, when it comes to like a real life situation, and that is really empowering. Hundred percent. That's the great thing about jujitsu because, uh, well, Brazilian jujitsu is because you're getting to test what you've learned mm. with a hundred percent resistance. Yeah, like you know, instantly you get to test it. Out. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And when you when you get it, you know you're getting it because yeah. the other person isn't like following some uh, structured way to react. You know, mm. to like fall over and like it's not like a choreographed. Uh, sequence right yeah it's, uh, it's true true they're using their 100 percent effort while well, within reason uh within the rules mm. they're using all their effort to try and submit you and uh you're doing the same thing so you know what you're doing is going to work or not work you know what i mean mm. whereas if you're not having that live sparring you might become a little bit delusional you might have this false sense of confidence that what you're doing is going to work mm. but if you've never tested it out, how would you know, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a life metaphor right there. You won't know until you trial things. You won't know until you experiment with things. Yeah, it's true for anything. Like, we can get 100%. these cookie-cutter templates of, like, what to do if you want to be productive, what to do to get a business going, what to do. We can have all these guidelines and templates, but unless we trial them out, we won't know if they actually work for us because different templates work for different people, right? Theory side needs to be combined with the practical side as well. It's a cool progression, too. About two years ago in Spain, um, there was like no other choices so the only choice I had was do I go for like a boxing fitness class that I have no interest in doing or do I finally try Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu wearing a gi and I'm and guessing you picked up Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu I did I Great. did I think Good the culture choice. had a lot to do with it as well because people yeah. like the guys the guys in Gracie Bahalikan they were so welcoming and so friendly mm. And I think that makes a huge difference because yep. it's really intimidating, especially for especially for a woman to walk into a male dominated sport mm. and everybody in there just seems like they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. You walk it in like, am I going to be the, the one that people take pity on? Am I going to be the one that people are just going to let me do stuff? Mm. It's not really empowering when when you're being treated that way. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm. But yeah, when you're being challenged adequately, I think that that is what gets you hooked to a community is when you when you when you see and sense that community can elevate you mm. and you can contribute back to that to that same community. So yeah. when I came back to KL and, and got to your gym, I think coincidentally that's when you guys first opened. Yeah. Back it was in just about a month. We've been open just about mm. a month when yeah, you first yeah. came. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I walked in and I saw your foot washing basin. And I'm like, oh, You're like, this is heaven. <laughs> I'm sold. I am sold. This gym, this gym got gray mats and a foot washing basin. They take hygiene seriously. Great. That's another aspect about I think about it should sport, be a you know? standardized thing, foot washing, jiu-jitsu gym, especially because how you use your feet in yeah. jiu-jitsu. You know, well, not just your feet, your hands as yeah, well, right? Feet, and, yeah, like even hair. Mm. Like I would really respect the people who wash their hair and their hands <laughs> and their feet before they go into close contact sparring with someone. Yeah, this is not it's not nice to have somebody smelling like rotten vegetables oh. when you're sparring with them mm. and you see like stains on their shirts and they haven't cut their nails and dandruff in their hair. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, just, yeah. You're just better off tapping out Correct. not sparring <laughs> with the guy, you know what I mean? But having said that, I think with the recent um health concerns actually does help our sport because more people are aware mm. of washing their hands and their feet and just general hygiene. So in time of crisis, there's always something good to take from it. But let's talk about typical gym culture, right? Because I've traveled around as well. And I've always had a little trouble answering the question when people ask me, how long have you been training? Because mm. honestly, like consistently, I don't. I know I don't fall in the same categories. Oh, I've been training consistently for X amount of time. Mm, mm. But because I used to travel so much and then anytime I travel, I would go to a jiu-jitsu gym and do like a drop in here and there so for someone who is like white belt forever i seem to have a lot more exposure when it comes to different gym culture and teaching styles mm. yeah it's not an easy question to answer um i have some people who tell me they've been training for 10 years but then they train like once a month or something it sounds it sounds like it's a long time but if you've been training once a month and maybe take like three months break, six months break here and there, it's not really adding up to 10 years. Yeah, it comes down to the frequency it of, does, of exactly. those years, The right? intensity of training, the frequency yeah. of training, all these things need to be considered. Somebody who might have been training for like two, two years, but they've trained like twice a day, six days a week, they're probably already caught up to somebody who's been training for like multiple number of years, but just like once a month or, or even like twice a month, or true, you know what I mean? True. So it's not a it's not an easy question to answer for sure. Great thing about jiu-jitsu, like mm. people that I wouldn't normally associate with before jiu-jitsu, we have a, we have a common grounds, you know? So I have like lawyers and doctors, but just like students and just, the average Joe, you know, we have like 60-year-old guys, we have like 15-year-old kids. Like, jiu-jitsu really brings a lot of people together. And never mind the ethnicity or religion or gender, everybody can uh, find a common ground in jiu-jitsu, you know. Mm. So, yeah, I hear you. That sounds exactly like a whole community. It's regardless of your race or your status or your profession, everyone comes together. If you can't get up the pole, you can't get up the pole. The abilities are the same, you know? Abilities actually humble all of us to find common ground there. For sure, for sure. Once you experience something together and you realize like how how tough it was, yeah, it's like you've been yeah. through a and journey you together. You develop a sense right? of camaraderie, yes, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. Flip side of that, certain gyms can get quite culty. Like, like yeah, tri that's tribal a, that's something I, I kind of wanted know? to ask you because I have been to some gyms before where they would almost completely ignore the person who's dropping in. Mm, Perhaps mm, I, mm. I don't know why. Perhaps they're thinking, well, this person's not going to sign up anyway. They're mm. not going to be a, a full-on member. They're just dropping in today. So why would I give them any of my like personal attention? That that is something that's common in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, it can get a bit like that, and then there'll be a lot of like us against them kind of mentality. You know, yeah, and they. They kind of make it hard for other people to get into So that's not even just like clinic. talking about business. That's mm. just talking about like, no, my gym is my gym, my community. Yeah, I, I, you can. On one hand, you can kind of see why they might think like that 
be just because you develop a strong bond with the people that you train with every day and that you see every day. So it's kind of like a second family almost, depending on how into jiu-jitsu you are. Mm-hmm. So then I suppose it comes from being protective or insecure or whatever. You don't want to let new people in. I think it's just human nature to an extent. I don't think it's necessarily a great trait. Probably if you want to look into it, it's some kind of survival instinct from caveman days. <laughs> but I think it's not really applicable in this day and age you know so i think it's something we need to be conscious of just because of that uh, close net feeling you can get but if you're not careful then it can turn into that kind of attitude as well you know Mm -hmm. i try to avoid having that uh, my place if I can yeah. well I see that I do remember you, you you mentioned before like yeah go to the other gyms and train as, as long as you're training that's all that matters no 100% so yeah. I really appreciate you encouraging that type of uh, that type of culture well one thing I hate is uh, hypocrisy so <laughs> I've trained at a lot of different <laughs> gyms and I travel a lot and I train with different guys if they're my friends or if they're high level and I know them I would go train with them never mind the, their affiliation as long as I'm welcomed you know what I mean mm. And that's the best way to improve. The way to get better at anything is finding somebody who's better than you and learning from them. In in this case, it will be training with them, right? So mm. by training with them indirectly, you're learning from them. I'm always trying to find guys who are better than me. It's, it's the case where I can't find somebody because jiu-jitsu scene is not so big where I am. Mm. I will try to find some other ways that I can improve. You know, I'll try to find some yoga, I'll try to do some fitness, yeah. I'll yeah, try yeah. to do, watch more videos, drills. Right? It's not just repeti- no. repeating the same moving patterns. Yeah, uh, that's a great mindset to adopt, actually. Yeah, in fact, doing too much jiu-jitsu can... Well, when I say too much, I mean actual too much, you know, like overloading your body. Mm. Uh, like anything, any repetitive movement can cause... Yeah like some kind of strain or injury over yeah, a long yeah. period. So right. definitely needs to be some balance as well. Of course. So. What do you think people who are just starting out in jiu-jitsu could look for when they're shopping for a gym to to start their entire journey at? I'd say you just go and try out as many gyms as possible. Okay. Most, most places offer so free trials. So definitely go in for trials. 100%, mm. yeah, I think so. So it's, it's important to feel what the environment is like and if you could fit in that community, if you like the instructor's teaching styles, how friendly the other members are. A few things to consider would probably what you're doing it for. You know, yeah, why, why the are reasons, you the right? reason? Exactly. Cause not, I mean, like not everyone goes in wanting to compete. Mm, for mm. example, like I never actually did jujitsu for belts or for competition. So sometimes when I hear coaching cues and, and instructions like, if you do this, that's four points. If you do that, that's two points. I'm like, points don't matter to me. <laughs> you do see something practical on the street. There's no points. I just want to choke that guy. <laughs> show me how to break his arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just show me what to do if I'm in this situation. <laughs> I don't care about I don't the care IBJJF. About <laughs> yeah. No, 100%, exactly. So if I'm doing it to be an MMA fighter, mm. then yeah, I might go somewhere where where, where there's a mixture of jiu-jitsu oh. or Where there are a lot striking. more fighters training exactly, as well. Exactly, right? yeah. With p- people with the same goal. And mm. uh, naturally, you'll gravitate towards the gym that you, yeah. you're you more inclined to or your personality is uh, more fitting to, right? Mm. So that's true. That's I think true. you should just try out as many gyms as possible. Yeah, 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 and then uh, just see which one you vibe with the most, I mm. suppose. I think having the option of women's only jujitsu really helps. Like since you started the women's only jujitsu or grappling sessions, mm. I yeah. think. So we got the next one coming up at Friday at seven p.m. Right? Yeah. Well, I guess it depends on like when this when, when this episode yeah. airs. <laughs> when this has, yeah. But like right now, as we're recording it, we had just done like two sessions already out of the five sessions organized in light of Women's Day. Yeah. And I'm really glad that you took that on based on hearsay, right? I'm sure that I probably speak to a lot more women 
mm. about grappling and jujitsu when I'm inviting my friends to come and try. Mm. The first things usually when I get from their expression or what they say is like, I don't really feel comfortable being so close to guys or they might have their spouses or, you know, boyfriends and stuff who are not comfortable with them being in close contact with another guy. Mm. Understandable. Yep. I, I even used to have a problem with that too, but, uh, you personally, as in you were not comfortable with you, with your partner being w- close contact with my ex, yeah, like, like it wasn't anything major, but yet you can you have that bit of feeling, you know, you, mm, you have a bit yeah. of yeah, it's, help, it's right? natural, right? Yeah, it's it we're help. just humans, right? But at the end of the day, once you start looking at it as an actual martial art, mm. and this person wants to improve, and they need to spar and spar with somebody their level, and yeah. and watch them, and yeah. try to analyze it as a sport, and try to take a unnecessary negative emotions out of it it'll be a lot easier that way then. True. I still think women should really empower themselves, not just intellectually and emotionally, but physically. You know, it's not about being the buffest or the strongest, Mm. but it's about how to use what you are capable of in a situation when you really need it. That will also influence the way that we care ourselves. For Mm. example, if I'm walking around and I have a timid energy, if I have an energy that deems uh, that I'm more submissive or I'm I'm easily taken advantage of, Mm. it kind of makes me like an easy target. Yeah for yeah, anything right yeah. but if i'm walking around with a stride that looks like i'm gonna kick you in the balls if you come near me kind of thing <laughs> i would doubt that anyone would see me as an easy target your body language your attitude good way to gauge right? what kind of person you are or yeah. the state of mind you are in confidence is something hard to fake you know you can see when somebody's faking confidence mm. but somebody who's confident in themselves you can just you get that energy that yeah. vibe from confidence them, is right? sexy isn't it it is sexy also talking is important but at the at the end of the day, they needs to be balanced, right? Something physical, yeah, 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 to something tangible to prove your confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know so I mean? expressing yourself, you mean something, something to build your confidence. It's not always about verbal. On. It's not always about verbal communication. Sometimes it needs to exert, be exerted or be expressed physically. Yeah, exactly. or through a craft and through yeah. through a hobby. Because you're kind of like proving it to yourself in mm. in, in in essence, right? Because yeah, it's one thing yeah. to believe, but then when you actually go and do it, yeah, then that's direct evidence yeah, that it is possible. I completely and resonate with that completely. And again, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I relate it back to like pole and aerial and stuff. Any any time that like we have a lot of women, uh, even guys actually, but m- most of the time, most of our audience are women. Most of the time when they come in, they look at this long, tall object and think, "How am I going to climb up there? How am I going to get myself up there? I'm so heavy and stuff like that." So all these like inner critic, negative, hindering thoughts are already there. Mm. But the minute they are taught technique and they apply it and they're able to do it, mm. it's like they're a whole new person the entire energy changes their mm. facial expression changes and they come into the next session even more excited so it's this transformation that i see with the women who come in thinking mm. that they can't do something and then they can it's so sustainable too because no one spoons feeds mm. them like you i literally cannot lift people up the pole if yeah, you, if you yeah, can't yeah. climb you can't climb but if yeah. you climb it's all you yes yes right yes. and i th- and i think i see that transformation through jujitsu as well because yep, initially yep, when yep. i first started jujitsu i'm always like oh man i don't know what i'm doing i'm just gonna lay here and do the same thing that i know <laughs> but now it's now with more confidence things, right? yeah now so. i'm like okay i'm more curious now what mm. if i allow this position to happen how would i react mm. or how would i respond if mm. i if i initiate this way even though i wasn't taught that i'm just gonna go for it anyway mm. and then what kind of response would i elicit and how mm. would i respond it, it becomes like this whole experiment definitely relatable to jiu-jitsu i can't fight for them right i can only give yeah. them instructions and then yeah. they have to do it well, I mean, you can place their hands in certain positions <laughs> I can, but when it comes to 
sparring, you know, that's when true. Sparring, sparring is different. Yeah. So then, when they get something that was all them, whereas like if I just explain a technique and they practice it and then they do it, but then they don't put it into live sparring. When they do that, that's all them, like you just said, right? Like mm-hmm. them going up mm-hmm. the pole. I can't do that for them. I can only like give them the theory side of it, yeah. explain it to them, right? Yeah. But then they need to actually go out and do it. And yeah. that's what real confidence should be based on something mm-hmm. that you've done and proven, right? Yeah. Whereas, like, if you just talk about it and you agree, yeah, whatever, but it might not be real confidence. You correct, might, correct. Because you've never it's really put it to the, the inside. Exactly. Like, yin, like, strictly from the inside, right? The yin and the yang. Yin and the yang. Well, you do you do quite a bit of yoga, too. And I think that's refreshing to hear when a high-level uh, jiu-jitsu practitioner also does things out of jiu-jitsu. A lot of jiu-jitsu practitioners do yoga, actually. Mm. There's this Very good to know. There's a, I think he's from Sweden or well, he's one of the Scandinavian countries. His name's Sebastian. He has a pretty good channel called uh, Yoga for BJJ. So mm. it's online. I think I might have seen that. Yeah, somewhere. you might have. So and uh, a lot of the guys practiced through that. Definitely helped me a lot. Definitely helped me with the uh, staying calmer on the stressful situations, better posture, mm. just more in tune with my body. You know, so I can feel when I'm slouching or because we have a lot of uh, habits that might lead to imbalances right mm. like we lean on one side too much or whatever like that when i find myself leaning on one side too much then i'll try to like correct it you know then i might try to balance it on my, yeah. on my left side or at least yeah. in a neutral position you know yeah. i think for injury prevention is great and i think for calming your mind is great yoga's done helped me a lot nice yeah. i can't wait for yoga sessions to start again at aos so i could join those yes jill where are you <laughs> <laughs> get back in the gym hint, hint. teach us yoga <laughs> how many years have bjj under your belt now yeah so that's a difficult question too i have been consistent like i've been doing jiu-jitsu full-time for most of my adult life how many years are we talking how long have i been an adult (laughs) yeah have you been an adult for at least a decade (laughs) (laughs) almost probably probably about a decade yeah Mm. Uh, at least uh 10 years probably more than 11 years actually do you have any um funny stories within the jiu-jitsu community in the past decade in all the cities you've been in oh the the people you meet in jiu-jitsu you just can't meet them anywhere else right uh, and i imagine like because it's such a close contact sport and you guys grapple a lot i would imagine that it changes the way um how you foster friendships like strengthen bonds just because that physical space is already kind of broken down barrier sometimes yeah does it help you connect with people better like your friends or your colleagues or your peers or i never thought about it but i think it is true yeah if you're like constantly angry hugging the guy (laughs) (laughs) essentially like my friend tess says aggressive cuddles aggressive aggressive cuddles yeah exactly i love that too i love the terminology for that yeah after you've trained with somebody there's this the conversations you have with them is a lot less it's unfiltered you know what I mean? So it's superficial it, as well. Like. Yeah, because your adrenaline's running. You just, like, you're new. You've pretty much had this life and death fight <laughs> with this other person. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you're, your life is probably flashing before your eyes. Oh, you gosh. just experience this dealing thing. with your ego. You're right? dealing with your ego. Everybody and got egos. So it's very hard to hide who you are. Yeah. When you're when you're sparring intensely like mm. that, you know what I mean, because you don't have any energy left to put on a facade or or yeah. filters yeah. and stuff like oh, that. Oh, I totally know? agree. <laughs> when I was dating for a bit, I always try to get my dates active, right? Because yeah. you I, can see more yeah, of who they I are, right? I believe like if you're just you know dying through a bunch of burpees and lifting session, yeah, I'm more likely to see your true side 100%, than just 100%. sitting opposite the dinner table and yeah. trying to make yeah. a conversation. Because all your energy is going into presenting yeah. your best side once yeah. you've 
yeah. drained of your energy something that's gonna bug you you're gonna react something you know that's gonna make you happy you're gonna be happy if, provided you're not laying on the floor dying <laughs> you know what i mean so it's a real good way to gauge people like who they really are like mm. i think and that's when you can bond with somebody on a deeper scale or a level right like when you and the other person are who you generally who you genuinely are right do you I, get told a lot of um, i guess more personal stories then uh, since having like deeper relationships or deeper bonds with some of these friends you have made through bjj perhaps a story where like uh, how bjj had really changed their lives mm, and mm. it's it's inspiring to hear and, and carry with you a story that you carry with you and reshare with other people so so yeah your story is quite an inspirational one has jiu-jitsu helped you with oh, your recovery from looking massively i think yeah. i think because right before i was diagnosed that was when i just started BJJ. Mm. So that was still like fresh on in terms of like the new scheme of things. It was just something I was just picking up mm. and I realized, oh wow, I, I really I'm really enjoying this. I'm enjoying it much more than I was before mm. when it's mm. when it was grappling or no gi. And then when cancer happened, of course that needed to stop. Uh, not because I can't, but because I had a catheter in. Mm. And any sort of tugging and close contact yeah, sport is yeah, not yeah, a great idea, of course. Idea, no. So having needed to stop for like two years when i finally got clearance and got the catheter out of my body and i went for jujitsu it was a struggle on its own showing up like that first day mm. i remember being quite emotional but at the same time just being yeah, really grateful imagine. right just being mm. grateful that wow I'm, I'm back on the mat i'm around people and i'm okay but it was a gradual process so i think for anyone who's struggling with some sort of like a mental struggle or emotional struggle an outlet like bjj can be really helpful and i'll compare that to pole because pole has also been a big part of my recovery mm. But the difference with pole is there's no one around you. Mm. You know, it's different when you're around other people. It's different when it's a social engagement as opposed to your own. Mm. Like you're a coach yourself. So if, if you had to go to the gym every day and you coach yourself through PT, it's a different story than you getting coached yeah, by somebody else, yep, right? Yep. So me going back into pole was like that. I had to coach myself. Mm, and honestly, mm. that gets tiring. That it gets does, exhausting. Yep, yep, 100%. Whereas when I show up at BJJ, all of a sudden there's like all these like-minded people there. Mm. And what was important for me was that my instructor, it was Alberto in Hong Kong at the time. Oh, okay. He yeah. fully knew my situation. Okay. And I just felt safe as well. I felt like I was taken care of. I didn't feel like I was going to be pressured into doing anything I didn't want to. Hmm. And I, it, just, it just feels nice when someone's looking out for you. Yes. Yep. Right? Yep. Especially that. I, I love being the student. So whenever I can, I'll go and uh, train at gyms and then I'll take part in the classes. Uh, sparring is what I'm there for, but I'll eat, take part in the warm-ups and do the techniques, even if I feel like I already know the technique, you know, I just enjoy not having to think so much. Yeah. <laughs> just tell I you what to do. Yeah, and then right. you just it's just do taking it. a break from your daily mental routine. Yeah. Because yeah. the, the, the minute we wake up, we're, we're already working our brains and throughout yeah. the day, we're constantly gauging what to say, what to do and stuff like that. But on the mat, it's like, I have no time for that. I just need to focus on what is happening right now between my thighs or around <laughs> 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 my neck. Just do what <laughs> <laughs> I'm being told to do because even uh, I think what's his name Bill Gates or no Steve Jobs he wears the same turtleneck every day yes right? yes that, then he doesn't have to spend brain power oh my like, gosh you know what, what I started wear, adopting that so yeah. since September I've been living out of one big suitcase and one small carry-on mm. and if you look at my photos I'm like I have the same I wear the same top like almost all the time it doesn't even bug me anymore it doesn't brain waste space power, it doesn't trying waste to think brain of power what to wear. yeah you're right. right just do a bunch of laundry but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> I have 
geeked out on many things. And right now I'm geeking out on flow, sense of flow and the freedom of flow moving around the pole without choreography, without focusing too much on tricks. I just want to embrace music and embrace how my body naturally rolls around the pole. Mm. What is something that you geek out in, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Well, the whole, the whole thing, like anytime I would see a technique that I've never seen before, I just, it just blow my mind. And I, great when I show somebody a move. And mind blow. Yeah. And Call someone student. right now. Hey, meet me in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want to just try it out. Like if I'm watching YouTube and I see a move that I've never seen before, like I just can't wait to try it out, you know. Just the whole process of learning, it's been blowing my mind for like 10 years. So like only in recent years started to take a bit of a backseat in my enthusiasm mainly because of like trying to run the gym injuries and stuff like that yeah. but i plan to get back into it full-time after my knee surgery yeah mm. i guess people don't all, don't realize this as well for people who coach and run their own business mm. they're essentially doing multiple jobs yeah yeah right? yeah like I, yeah i've been there i've been in your shoes where you're coaching uh, mm. well in my case i'm coaching i'm performing i'm also running the business and i'm trying to I'm trying to juggle like two different passions between fitness and pole. Mm. I right? think you would do a lot more than I do, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, like trying to take on multiple. Well, roles. I mean, yeah, not not to not to compare that. That wasn't my intention, but it's just. No, no, I, I feel I, you. I understand like the situation that you're in right now. No, I'm I I feel you because <laughs> you do a lot more than I do. But at the same time, I think a lot of people underestimate how hard it can actually be. Yeah. Because just because you do something you love doesn't mean it's easy it just means you can do more you can just bear yeah. more of it yeah, right yeah. you know what i mean sometimes i'm in the gym from like 10 a.m and leave at like 11 p.m mm. so you know what i mean literally there the whole day go out to get some food come back in and out yeah. especially when i'm training as well teaching training whatever else needs to be sorted out at the gym mm -hmm. you know? things people don't see behind the scenes people is you know mike perry mopping the floor <laughs> <laughs> Clean yeah, the bathroom. Small things like <laughs> that. Stocking you know? hundred plus in water in the fridge. Yeah. Sorting out like the admin side. These are things that could be delegated to other people, I suppose. But at this moment in time, it's yeah. just me. Yeah. So it'd be a bit taxing. But I'm doing what I love. So yeah. it's and ultimately when, when your community end. comes together, it, it should help with the admin side as well, right? If you have mm. a good group of people and they understand that look, my job here is to pay fees and receive instruction and also be a part of this community. Yeah. So as long as everyone do their little part, it helps the entire tribe function. Mm. Yeah. It th that's that's one of the problems with uh, trying to multitask because you don't have a clear people want simplicity, right? They want clear like assigned titles for everybody. Right. Mm. My main thing is obviously I'm, I'm a jiu-jitsu practitioner and a coach, mm. but at the same time, there, there needs to be some kind of a distinction, right? So if I'm if I'm doing multiple roles, then if you do need to pay your fees or whatever, then y you need to pay your fees, right? Just yeah. because we're friends and we're and, yeah, and we have you. that close bond you. and stuff like that yeah. doesn't mean, it, especially if you if if we know each other from the gym. Mm. If, we, if I don't know you, if I met you from outside of the gym and we were friends beforehand, then maybe maybe it's a different story. But mm. if you came into the gym uh, and you inquired about the fees and then you signed up and stuff. And then all of a sudden, after a few months, we've been training it together just because mm. we've developed that close bond. Doesn't mean we're any less, it's yeah. any less real. But you still <laughs> have yeah. to I mean, that contribute change, to right? the running of the business, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, if the business doesn't run, then there's no longer going to be a place yeah. for us to hang out and train, <laughs> right? So It's a simple it's transaction. Like everything in life, they're all they're transactions all day. I mean, you don't go to a doctor. <laughs> like, for example, with my oncologist, I don't say, hey, doctor, I've been seeing you for two years now. Can I get a discount by now? 
and we've been friends and we've had some <laughs> intimate conversations so you know you've you've seen my body in ways that other people have not seen <laughs> Well, discount is one thing, but like not paying altogether, you know yeah. what I mean? This might be like a call for jobs, you know, if anyone's interested in uh, working in a jiu-jitsu gym, whether it's part-time or full-time. You're keen to work and learn, get paid while you're doing <laughs> it. <laughs> this podcast has turned into a job recruitment site. <laughs> Sponsored by. <laughs> Sponsored by ourselves. <laughs> Come and help us run businesses. <laughs> iOS Studio and Viva Vodica. <laughs> Do you have any like weird encounters or funny encounters when you're rolling at someone? Been a few. Farts in your face sometimes. Like, <laughs> a few times I think I've had sweat drip into my mouth. Oh, oh, oh. I think I would need Just to like, stop when that happens and be like, I need to go and wash my mouth now. <laughs> Rinse it out, scrub it out. Yep, give yeah. me alcohol. So that's, that, that's one of the bad things that's happened to me. Mm-hmm. I had someone in a triangle. For people who don't know what a triangle yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much your head in someone's crotch with no space <laughs> Your neck. <laughs> it's getting tighter and tighter. So then I had a, a big meal before training, and then I put somebody in a triangle. <laughs> Unfortunately <laughs> for the guy, it's nature, right? <laughs> Gases build he, up he, when he you had rush a your food. Of what nature smelled like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> then for the record, it was just a fart, guys, but still, you know. <laughs> it wasn't a shirt. <laughs> I tried to be as discreet as possible, but I ended up saying it anyway. But yeah, so that was quite embarrassing, but uh, not so pleasant for the other guy. I think there's been but so many like of that, these though, things. It breaks the ice, you it know? Does, like once you're yeah. able to laugh about it, it's like, oh, okay, we can just relax now. And everyone gets put in that situation. We've all been there where we eat a little bit mu- too much. Then we come for training, and, you know, see a lot of guys running to the toilet back and forth. Yeah, so. I feel, yeah, I've felt nauseated a few times before from eating. Now I just don't even eat like a couple hours before training. Yeah, at least two hours, guys. Yeah, Probably like three hours. hours, you know, depending on. Uh, what you're eating if it's yeah. something light then two yeah. hours if it's something heavy at least yeah. three hours from it, I don't know about you but from my experience it's like don't have fatty food before that for yes. some reason because it takes longer to digest right mm, so it's still mm. in your system and when you're rolling around you're like ooh it's coming up so this is another great thing about jiu-jitsu like if you want to maximize your training you're going to have to eat right you're going to yeah. have to sleep on time you're going to yeah. have to consider what your fuel becomes a strategy exactly yeah. mm-hmm. it's it an is, entire it, lifestyle change once it, you once you start something like this right it is yeah the jiu-jitsu lifestyle yep besides sitting on the beach and surfing <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to improve your diet you're yeah. gonna have to sleep well i think uh, it helps uh just in general as well like I've, I've read a couple of feedbacks and also even personally within my family and also like personally myself for those who may have been through depressive stages in our lives or mm. been diagnosed with any sort of disorder in that sense mm. i think bjj has definitely been in a positive influence and had a big impact Mm, on mm. how to recover from that martial arts in general was a great outlet for me especially during my rebellious angry teenage years you know i started the boxing when i was 15 started jiu-jitsu when i was about 17 18 this is another thing so everybody always tells me they wish they started jiu-jitsu when they were younger but here's the thing everybody does whatever you you whenever whatever age you started at you always wish you started that's younger you know i wish i started when i was like nine or something you know 15 is out of the womb boom (laughs) but there's also a downside it's all perspective really because when i've seen the people who start when they were younger Mm. for example a friend of mine uh, in the uk he won like the world championships in um the juvenile blue belt division Mm. had a lot of potential won the europeans and all kinds of major titles but he stopped at brown belt 
by the time he was like 21 or 22 or something like that he's had enough of jiu-jitsu he's done with it right because I he's see. just been doing it so that's much true, from so a young true. age like yeah, obsessively yeah. you know yeah. so he's burnt out yeah. he's, he's got I guess sick that's of it that, you know? yeah that's a little imposed on right when you're mm. when you start off in a younger age obviously you probably didn't choose to you were exposed to it and probably influenced into it yeah and if it becomes your childhood then the last thing i guess if you don't love it the same way you, you could get burnt out in in, in, in to making a choice as an adult mm. yeah, but in his case i don't think it was so much being forced that might be the case with some people mm. it's just too much of anything right when you do too much of anything mm. you kind of want to like you need a break from yeah. it and if you do it too much then you'll probably get sick of it yeah. and give up every altogether. so often you need a break you know? right yeah, you're right you're especially right. when you're doing it at a competitive high level where you're mm. like forcing you pushing yourself all the time to hit the next level yeah i so. hear you or also like just how much it consumes you right because i stopped pole for a while honestly mm. when i moved to hong kong honestly i wasn't doing pole the same with the same amount of intensity mm. as it was before because pole initially started as like something to challenge myself and mm. something to help with my own sense of uh, self-esteem mm. and then the, it, and then it became work and then it became like anytime i was training it was training to teach or to perform or to c- compete mm. and eventually just kind of mm. lost the joy of of just enjoying it yeah and that's always a shame when that happens mm. yeah. so to counter that to avoid that happening to me, I'm planning to take uh, more scheduled breaks. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this this surgery coming up is a great time to take some time off. So hopefully mm. when I'm back, I'll be like yeah. bursting with energy and enthusiasm right? to get back into it. I'm like looking the early forward years. to see how you, how you do on your little, uh, on your scheduled break and also how you recover from the surgery and yeah. then go on to compete. I think that would be an interesting uh, process for people to... Tommy actually Witness. recommended yesterday that we should vlog the whole thing. Oh, I completely good, agree. Good, yes, uh, Tom, I agree with you. Well done, Tommy. <laughs> Not just a numbers guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great idea. Maybe I'll try and get like a little selfie stick record my uh, journey through the the recovery period. Yeah, if you don't do it, I'll just record you randomly. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming like the creep amongst the my toilet. friends now because <laughs> I'm recording for I'm recording for the pole company as well, like recording uh-huh. instructors and behind the scenes so anytime i see them i'm like hi say hi to the camera (laughs) (laughs) so people are like oh okay there's there's emily there's lola and her camera so i think that's a pretty good topic that we've we've explored today Mm. what people can expect to hear from here on i think it's interesting for people to know that you're not just about jujitsu and not and i'm not just about pole it's Mm. it's really how can we apply our life lessons by using all the skills yeah Yeah, the skill sets uh, carried over from those disciplines but also we will be talking to some more interesting people and listen to their stories and how jiu-jitsu has affected their life yeah. their profession families yeah the spillover effect that jiu-jitsu has had for people of different backgrounds mm-hmm. students the other instructors some yeah. com- traveling competitors yeah but also in this stage uh while we are still you know in the creation process mm. um i think it's important for our community yours and mine and and us combined to know that they have a hand in this you know so if anyone right now have suggestions on topics that they want to listen to more of or anyone they want to suggest that we should hear their stories and be interviewed and talk to mm. definitely drop us like a message slide into our dms on instagram yeah for sure we'd love to hear about it later Oops. gators later Hey y'all, thank you for tuning in to our pilot episode of Jit Chat. This was recorded before the quarantine protocol and we hope y'all are staying put and taking care of your health. 
Times are challenging for many of us, and we appreciate everyone who are doing what they can to continue supporting our studios and small businesses. On that note, we'd like to give a shout out to Gabbana Asahi Malaysia. These guys are offering delivery services for your very own frozen acai pulp, where you can custom make your own acai bowls and smoothies. They're also now offering acai bowl kits where your fruit and granola toppings are also taken care of. So convenient. And AOS members still get your discount. If you're sharing this episode or an acai bowl from Cabana, please tag us. We want to hear from you. The social media handles will be in the show notes so you can connect with us. All right, y'all. Coronavirus ain't got nothing on us if we stay home. We're in this together. Until next time, peace.